0: I'm your host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from Virginia.
1: My name is Casey Jenkins. I'm the executive director of the Montgomery Museum of Art and History, serving Christiansburg, Blacksburg, and Virginia Tech.
0: Wow, interesting. And we're in an old bank? That's correct. Does you even have the little deposit table we're standing on?
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah, this is an old bank building. The building was built in 1964, and it's been a bank ever since that. And this museum is the first thing to not be a financial institution that comes and sits on this square.
0: Interesting. Tell us about what you have here what somebody would experience.
1: So the museum is an art and history museum um, and our job is to promote the region's art and artists. So geographically we're talking about the Montgomery County, the New River Valley, and even the Roanoke Valley here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we will give those artists a platform for them to start their business, to show their work, and promote their work. So it's kind of an
0: incubator then, right? It
1: is in many respects. That's mm-hmm. right. That's the art side of things. And we also are a history museum as well. So we interpret in that same scope of geography. We we interpret the region's history as well, and we do that in many different ways.
0: Give us some examples. Yeah. Making history come alive.
1: Yeah, so I think one of the greatest examples is, um, uh, well, actually what we have on display right now, one of our exhibits is on rail heritage, mm-hmm. which uh, played a big role in the um, economic development of this area back in the 1800s for the New River Valley. And so we have an exhibit that speaks to that history of rail heritage. And we have some of Winston Link prints, that's a big name. Oh, yeah. um, yes, exactly. Some originals as well. But really, you know, we don't just talk about the history of rail heritage. We take that one step further and in that exhibit actually during that exhibit opening what we also did was talk about the future of passenger rail coming back to this area that, and
0: that's happening real life right that's now that's right with Amtrak, truck right yeah
1: current relevant you right. know affairs going on and which which is really that's what makes the history exhibits we can make that come to life in, mm-hmm. a, in a living history kind of way as we talk about the past how it informs the present and the future and in this case talking about with a panel discussion which was joined with this exhibit opening, the future of passenger rail coming back to Christiansburg.
0: So it really is going to be a game changer. You're going to have direct train connection from...
1: Well, you can take, once it's here, you can take Amtrak, you know, all the way from Christiansburg to Boston to New York City, you know, and that is a, that's a big, big deal to us in Southwest Virginia.
0: And Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Being able to talk about that, and in this case, inform the public about the future of passenger rail in their community, while also showcasing the past of rail heritage, you get the best of both worlds. And that's what, as a museum, can make us relevant with our exhibits.
0: Talk to us about some of the displays you have. Yeah. First of all, start with art
1: and then sure. history. Yeah, so what we do with our art, we try to couple it with history aspects as much as we can. So we try and do theme shows that we bring in artists and their work that are themed to the history exhibits that we have on display so what you see actually on, on our main floor right now is all about coal mining in this region but the art that we have on display also speaks to coal mining you know it talks about it gives you insights the paintings give you insights as to what the life was like as a coal miner and what kind of lifestyle somebody had as a coal miner so not only are we giving them the facts and the history about that lifestyle but then you get to see it in a real way by some of these artists and what, what they were inspired by when they were painting themes related to coal mining. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And then somebody was telling me something about a therapeutic modality that you're engaging relative to art.
1: Yes. Tell us about that. This is one of our favorites. So last year, we started a pilot program called the Art of Happiness, which basically takes museum spaces, resources, and exhibit material. And we couple that with We work with a licensed art therapist and counselor who uses our materials, our art materials and spaces, to provide mental health, self-help coping strategies for participants. The idea is you can use art as a tool to address your own anxiety or something along those lines Mm -hmm. by way of sessions that include mindfulness and sculpting, painting and music, The list just keeps going on and on. So the idea is you take those art pieces and those art spaces and you use them as tools that can help somebody address maybe an anxiety issue that they have. And the demand for this program was was absolutely incredible. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's ongoing. Yeah, so we're bringing it back, actually. This interview is very timely because we do it as a winter series, and this mm-hmm. will be our second series. We're partnering with the local um, hospital system here at Lewis Gale Hospital, Montgomery, and uh, we're bringing this back to provide the general public a free opportunity to come in and take these classes, and uh, if nothing else, you know, certainly enjoy themselves, but maybe it goes a lot further than that, mm-hmm. and they learn more about themselves and any mental health problems they may have. How do you put the word out? How do you advertise it? Um, In any way we can. (laughs) Uh, You know, so advertising, our social media, our website, all those things. We have a great following in this community, and we certainly use that to our advantage. And the hospital, in this case, also helps us promote that big time.
0: Anything more on the art side?
1: You know, I think the only other thing to add would be that we, um, as an art and history museum, we have the luxury of being very flexible about what the art is and how we promote it. You Mm -hmm. know, unlike other history museums, for example, that are tied to a Family, a place, or a certain time—we have—we don't have any of those restraints, so we can be very flexible on on what art is and how it's displayed. We're expanding our definition of the arts, and then from a history standpoint, what we choose to interpret.
0: How do you cross pollinate? Yeah, like you said, like the railroad retrospective. Right.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that—that in itself is a great example of being able to, you know, take history and depict it through art. Mm -hmm. Right. So that is a great example of cross pollination. But again, having that creative license to think of something, throw it against the wall and see what happens, Mm -hmm. not only is it fun, but it it makes us as a museum far more relevant to the community and how they care about us.
0: Talk to us about some of the cool things that you have on display yeah. on the history side.
1: Sure. So right now, currently what we have on the history side includes coal mining as a big focal piece here. We still have the rail heritage up as well. What we also have as a staple is the general history of Montgomery County, Virginia, how it was formed and how it has evolved over time with staples like, the rail, like rail heritage and coal mining as industries that were found here in Montgomery County in Christiansburg, Blacksburg, and Virginia Tech. So that's a staple that we usually have, but then we also rotate out other exhibits as well that speak to that interpretive history.
0: I'm searching my brain, and I can think of very few history museums where I've been to that are also an yeah. art center.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny you say that. We we had a touring group come in yesterday, and they said, it's odd that you're both, mm-hmm. that you're not one or the other, you know, and it's true. Our, our focus is, broadly speaking, both items of art and history, but Again, what that allows us to do is often combine the two together mm-hmm. and allow people to have an appreciation not just for one but for both. And it also combines multiple audiences that can all come in here at the same time and you know they'll get their dose of what they wanted but then some afterward. And as a as a county museum, you know, that's a uh, for us that's a pretty big purview to cover. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's easier for us to do that with tools such as art and history at our disposal at the same time.
0: And so again, like you alluded to Somebody might come in looking for history and discover art.
1: That's right, exactly. And then in that case, they just got the dessert on top of their exhibit.
0: That's really cool. Yeah.
1: Okay, anything you want to add? Other than just to say, you know, as a, as a county museum, you know, Montgomery County is our first purview, but we do go well beyond that into the New River Valley in southwest Virginia as well. And you know, we stay relevant by making sure we look at what the community's needs are um, and then having that reflected in the cultural programs and exhibits that we do here. That's that's part of our business model in a way that we can provide a great service to the community.
0: And how do you empower and connect with the university?
1: Yeah, a great question. So we have a great relationship with Virginia Tech, Radford, and New River. Those are the three colleges within uh, this area of southwest Virginia. And really, you know, the way in which we do that best is to work with the specific departments and schools, the history department, religion and culture, the art department obviously, and we work with their, you know, their students and their programs and we bring them in because that's a an, that's another youthful element to the museum as well that is critical for us to maintain as we go forward. So having those relationships with that constant pipeline of students with each of those universities is is very important.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. To learn more about your world, where would
1: you direct us? Sure. So, our website is uh, montgomerymuseum.org. We're all over social media as well. You know, you can call us, you can email us, look us up on the website. There's a lot of ways to find us. And um, hopefully, you're looking for us because you, you know, you understand the difference and impact that we're making on the community. My name again is Casey Jenkins. I'm the executive director of the Montgomery Museum. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. I'm your
0: host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from Virginia. We'll see you here.
1: You've been listening to the Lowell Thomas award-winning travel show, Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer, a featured podcast on npr.org's podcast directory. You are invited to subscribe to Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer on npr.org, iTunes, and more than 20 other podcast channels around the world. To learn more about Tom Wilmer's journeys around America and the world, log on to thomaswilmer.com. This is Roseanne Cash, and I'm sitting here with Tom Wilmer. Please support your local NPR station. I listen to WNYC in New York, and in fact, NPR is all I listen to. If I didn't have NPR, I would feel like my lifeline to the world has been cut. So, yes, please support your local NPR station.
0: World Bicycle Relief partners with communities to deliver specially designed, locally assembled, rugged bicycles for people in need. Nearly one billion people in rural regions of the world live in communities far from the nearest paved road, walking miles every day just to survive. Distance is a barrier to attending school, receiving health care, delivering goods to market, and other critical services needed to thrive find out how you can help deliver rugged dependable life-changing bicycles to deserving communities log on to worldbicyclerelief.org to learn more